to today's edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. We're going to go right into today's message, which can be found in the book of Mark, chapter number 5, verse number 1, down through verse number 20. Book of Mark, chapter number 5, verse number 1, down through verse 20. And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broke in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, amen, my friend, I'm going to stop right there for just a moment and say, when you see Jesus, that makes the difference. Amen? And that's what we need to do. We need to see Jesus in the day and hour for which you and I live in. But let's go back and read verse number 6 again. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us unto the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they, fed, and they that fed the swine fled, and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to, they come to Jesus, and see him that was possessed with the devil. Now, pay attention right there. That was possessed, past tense. You see, after he saw Jesus and met Jesus, everything changed. Amen. And so, and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast and when he was come into the ship he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him howbeit jesus suffered him not but saith unto him Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. May God add his blessings to the reading of Mark chapter 5, verse number 1, down through verse number 20. Here within our verses we find the text follows the great miracle Jesus performed as he calmed the raging sea that arose while they sailed upon the Sea of Galilee. We come to chapter number 5 and encounter several more miracles Jesus performed as he walked among men. You see, he is casting out demons, healing a dreadful disease, raising a young girl from the dead. This chapter emphasizes the great power and compassion Jesus had as he ministered in various places around Capernaum. And there was no need too great or too small for him. Amen. And everywhere Jesus went, he transformed lives. And for the child of God, each account recorded in Mark chapter 5 paints a beautiful picture of the transformation that has taken place in our lives as well. For those of us who have been saved by the grace of God, not everyone's a child of God. 
Everyone is a creation of God, but not everyone is a child of God. And thank God, friend, those who have been saved and made children of God, we have been set free from the bondage of sin, healed of the dreaded infirmity of our iniquity, and delivered from eternal death and condemnation. And so with that being said, I want to look at the transformation of another individual in this chapter, and I want to focus on the fact that Jesus can meet our every need. And with that being said, I want to preach on the subject today, from a maniac to a missionary. Amen? From a maniac to a missionary. Now, those of you that know me know I'm a missionary, so no, I'm not talking about me, okay? I'm not talking about me, but we're talking about the crazy man here in chapter 5. I'm a lunatic. <laughs> well, that's what Mama said. She had a prayer to God one time. I believe it came out of the Bible. It said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Amen? But anyway, uh, I want to preach on the subject, from a maniac to a missionary. First of all, let's consider the maniac. Our text reveals a man in need of Jesus. Verse number three, we find his dwelling, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains. You see, this man lived among the tombs, and this was just not a place he spent some time, but he dwelt among the dead. And his life was a picture of those, and is a picture of those separated from God in sin. They are spiritually dead and have no fellowship with those who are alive in Christ. They are spiritually dwelling among the dead and praise the sweet Lord. Now that I'm saved by the grace of God, I no longer dwell among the dead. But thank God, friend of mine, I am now dwelling in the land of the living. Amen. Hallelujah. And Yahoo right there. Well, not only do we find his dwelling, but also we find his desperation, verses 4 through 5. In verse 4 through 5, we find that he lived a life that was totally out of control. Others had tried to help him, but they couldn't help him. His life was dominated by the influence of the devil, and he had been bound with chains but could not be tamed. No doubt his life was one of despair. He was sad, he was lonely, rejected, and totally avoided by society. The torments of his life never ceased. In verse number 5, day and night the pain and misery of life was upon him. He found no comfort, no peace, only despair and desolation. And there are many around us today that are in the same desperate situation. I don't know of anybody here in the United States that dwells in cemeteries, but for any of mine they sure do live in despair. Their lives are dominated by sin and Satan, and every day begins the same as the day before. A life in despair was, while sin runs, uh, runs rampant in their lives. They find no way of escape, and they continue to live in defeat. This man here lived a tragic life as many do today. They have no joy, no peace, no comfort, constantly searching for a way to escape the pain and suffering. A friend of mine, they don't have to live that way. That's why, that's why it is our job as children of God to give out the gospel to the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, we find his desire. Verse 2 and verse 6, he dealt or he dealt with circumstances beyond his control. Friend of mine, we cannot handle sin within ourselves. But he must have longed for the day that the suffering would end. And friend, there was a day that he caught a glimpse of hope. You see, when he saw Jesus, say, man, he saw hope. And can you imagine what that must have been like? I mean, he lived among the tombs, and then all of a sudden one day, a small boat arrives, and something within Jesus was his only hope. I don't know if the man knew Jesus, but those demons certainly knew Jesus. Matter of fact, James chapter number 2, verse number 19 says, The devils also believe and tremble. Whatever the case may be, 
he is found at the feet of Jesus and now worshiping him. And friend of mine, our world today is filled with those who are in pain. We may never see that pain or never know that pain. They long for a means of escape from their desperation. And just because somebody walks around with a smile on their face doesn't mean they're not in pain. Amen. And friend, Jesus, uh, my friend, he is the only way. Let me ask you a question. Do you desire to meet the Lord today? Uh, I'm telling you, friend, he, he desired to meet the Lord and his desire in the past. Not only do we see, uh, uh, consider the maniac, but now let's consider the master. Our text reveals much about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1, we find his presence. You see, Jesus came to where the demonic man was. Jesus knew his condition and where to find him. It wasn't coincidence or luck, but by divine appointment. Amen. Notice that Jesus did nothing while in Gadara. We don't find him teaching in the synagogue. We don't find him feeding multitudes or healing the sick. He came through the storm on Galilee to reach lost sinners. That one lost wretched soul needed a savior. And Jesus, my friend, showed up in his hour of need. Aren't you glad today for the presence of Jesus? I'm glad for the day, my friend, that Jesus Christ passed by my way and saved me by the grace of God. December the 9th, 1994, I got gloriously saved. Next, uh, this December 9th, good Lord willing, I'll be saved now 26 wonderful years and been preaching about as long. Amen. I got called to preach three months after I got saved. But anyhow, we find here that uh, we consider the master, we see his presence. Also, we see his preeminence in verse 7. As Jesus appeared that day, the man immediately knew he was and is the Son of God. He was aware that Jesus was there and that he possessed all deity. And clearly, the demons had no desire to worship Jesus, but they acknowledged his deity. And that is what is required, my friend, if we are to be saved and set free from the bondage of sin. If you've never recognized Jesus for who he is and your need for him, then you must do so because he is the only way to be redeemed and to be given eternal life to you. He's the only way. We must come to the place that we realize we need Jesus. Even those of us who are saved by the grace of God, we need to realize, my friends, that we need Jesus each and every day. I need thee every hour. Oh, how I need thee every hour. Amen. Now, well, not only do we see his presence or his preeminence, but in verse 8 through 9 and 13, we find his power. For those who knew this maniac, they saw him as a hopeless case. He dwelt among the tombs, naked, and was unable to be bound. He was filled with a multitude of demons, and this time a Roman legion could be numbered as many as 6,000. I don't know how many he was possessed with, but they were many. He was in a desperate situation, and there was only one who could help this man, and he had come. Jesus immediately commanded, come out of the man, and friend of mine, it's like this. Isn't it amazing? that at the very voice of Jesus, Satan has to flee. Amen. Let me say that again. It's amazing today that at the very voice of Jesus, the dirty, rotten, cross-eyed devil has to flee. We are no match for the devil. I don't care, my friend, if you have a water pistol and swing it over hell in a wet noodle. Uh, when people say that, I cringe because, hey, friend, we're no match for the devil. We are not no match for the devil. But Jesus certainly is. If you live a life controlled by sin, you're helpless within yourself. Jesus, he has the power to bring victory to your soul, 
to clean your heart, forgive your sin, and redeem your soul. If Jesus possessed the power to save this man, and he did, I know he can save you if you've never been saved because he forever defeated sin on the cross of Calvary. Jesus has the power to release you from the bondage of sin if only you'll trust him. Well, not only do we consider the maniac, not only do we consider the master, but lastly today, we consider the miracle. We consider the miracle. What a difference Jesus makes when he passes by. Amen. I'm telling you, friend of mine, Jesus makes the difference. This is the same man that a few moments before was just a maniac living among the tombs, desperate for a change in his life. In a moment's time, he went from complete despair to eternal deliverance. Consider his conversion in verse number 15. In verse number 15 of this chapter, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You see here, it's like this. As the people gathered to see the spectacle, they encountered something they never would have imagined. This is the same man who brought terror to all who knew him. He had dwelt among the dead, but he has been changed now. The Lord made all the difference in his life. His life, uh, the Lord, in his life, the Lord brought a few things. Number one, he brought comfort. We find here in this, uh, in this verse, we find that he is found sitting with Jesus. The Bible says that, um, uh, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. First of all, they find him sitting. We find him being comforted. He's sitting with Jesus. He is no longer running among the tombs, no longer desperate for peace in his heart. He is no longer tormented uh, by demons and the effects of sin. And friend of mine, it's like this. If you are living on the run among the dead, Jesus alone can provide the comfort that you need. He can come if you come to him and sit at his feet. And by the way, child of God, if you're saved by the grace of God, you need some comfort today, get back at the feet of Jesus. I'm finding that a lot of people... They get in total despair. They get discouraged and they get uh, down and out. I'm talking about children of God now, not the lost. I'm talking about those who have been saved and blood washed. A lot of times we find ourselves uh, uh, drifting from the feet of Jesus when we should be right at his feet and worshiping him. And there we find comfort. Amen. God is our comfort. Jesus is our comfort. But not only do we see uh, in his conversion that Jesus provided comfort, <laughs> the Bible says, and clothed. Jesus provided him clothing. The Bible says he was sitting and clothed. He was no longer running among the tombs naked. He was dressed and he was actually presentable. And friend, there is a profound truth in the fact that the man was clothed. The point here is that there was a change in a man that was noticeable for those who knew him to see. Who knew him to see. The Lord done a work on the inside and it was visible on the outside. Save people wear clothes amen uh now let me let me uh let me tell you what i mean right there spiritually speaking jesus christ he done a work on the inside and it changes us on the outside amen and that's what we find here the bible says he was sitting and clothed but not only that not only in his conversion did jesus provide comfort not only in his conversion did jesus provide clothing but the third thing that Jesus provided was comprehension. You say, wait a minute, Brother Walter, comprehension, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says he was sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. You see, he began to comprehend some things. 
Meeting Jesus affected the way this man was thinking. His mind was no longer controlled by Satan. He no longer desired the things of the world or the pleasures of sin. His mind was focused entirely on the Lord. And you see, friend, an encounter with the Lord will change your thought process. You will no longer question or deny the power of Almighty God. Your thoughts will no longer be on the things of this world, but on the one who's to come. Your thoughts will be on Him. You see, we are to set our mind and our affections on things above not on things of this earth. And when you get saved by the grace of God, we find that he changes our minds. The Bible says that Jesus provided him comfort. Jesus provided him clothing. Jesus provided him comprehension. He gave him a mind to think. Amen. He was in his right mind. He was no longer known as crazy man. Okay. i tell you something else that Jesus provided him. Uh, or we also, not only do we consider the miracle in his conversion, but also lastly today, we see the miracle in his commission, verses 18 through 20. Here, we, I'll read this to you real quickly. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. You see, the man no longer wanted to live alone, but he desired to go with Jesus. He wanted to be with the one who had brought deliverance, and but Jesus had another plan for him. He was to go and tell what happened in his life. And friend of mine, it's like this. When a man is truly saved, he will want to tell others. And this man wasted no time. He began to publish what God, what the Lord Jesus had done for him. He told it all around Decapolis, the region of the ten cities that included Gadara, and he became a true disciple for the Lord. In other words, you know what he did? He went from being a maniac to a missionary. Amen. And so, as I close today, let me say this. We didn't deal with, with it, but those in Gadara rejected Jesus. They wanted no part of Jesus. And friend, it's like this. Today especially the day and hour that you and I live in, this world does not want you to get to Jesus. But friends, like this, Jesus is ready to deliver you and to save you if you've never been born again. If you have been saved, but sin and the burdens of this life have got you down, bring it to Jesus. Bring it all to Him because He cares for you. And friend of mine, do not forget to go and tell somebody about the Lord and what He has done for you in your life. If this maniac got saved by the grace of God who became a missionary after he got saved by the grace of God if God can use him my friend certainly God can use you and I as the old saying goes put that in your pipe and smoke it hey man <laughs> and think on this thing for a while as my granny used to say how about them apples well this has been brother Walter Terrell with the sowing and reaping audio podcast I hope and trust that today's uh, message was a help and an encouragement to you. And I pray that wherever that you may be listening at, that you have a great rest of your day or night just on purpose.